and welcome to another episode of the Travelling Introvert uh, Career Conversations. I am here with Kelly Nissen. Hi, Kelly. Hey, Janice. How are you? I am not bad and I'm realising I've got the wrong set of headphones in, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I should have. Yeah, well, it is what it is. Uh, God, um, I love it. <laughs> first question I have for you is, um, what does introversion mean to you, Kelly? Introversion? Um it 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 is i think for me it's i'm using it now as a as a power and as a way to hear that inner voice that's sort of egging me on to challenge myself so in the past introversion meant being very alone mm-hmm. um and scared and and that sort of thing but i want to I want to turn it around now to look at the strengths that it brings and use those strengths um, in my business and in what I do and that sort of thing. So I don't see it necessarily as a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but as something that you can um, use to your advantage if, um, if you can if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And so what made you change? Ah, okay, so that's interesting. So um, my real turning point came um, in 2017 when I was 46, going on 47, and I had a breast cancer diagnosis. And up until that point, even though I didn't realise that, like I always described myself as as being shy and I didn't like to rock the boat and I didn't like big crowds and I didn't like public speaking and putting myself out there. And I all thought, okay, that's part of my personality, being an introvert, all that sort of thing. Having breast cancer <clears throat> made me realise that... I was I took a year off work actually as a as a teacher and it made me realize that I'd been spinning my wheels my whole life not being me I was trying to be the person that other people expected and I was hiding behind being an introvert and at the time I thought well, actually, after that year, I'm just like, I can't I can't keep doing this because that's 47 years of my life gone. How much longer do I have? Um, and I, I need to start believing in myself and start being who I want to be and doing what I want to do and not saying yes to everything. So... That was my big turning point, and I've actually forgotten the question. No, <laughs> so I don't I'll, know if I'll, I've answered no, it. <laughs> you, that is great. Thank you. Yeah. And so you mentioned um, that you took a year off, and now do you mm-hmm. do different work, or are you still a teacher? Oh, no. So I, I do – I want to say it's very different work. It's actually not. So I'm still teaching, but I'm teaching under my own terms. So – I was a um, primary school or an elementary school teacher for 26 years and it was my it was my career it was all I ever wanted to do and to in the last five to seven years of of that career 
I'd started thinking, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I, I don't like what's happening in education in Australia. Um, I'm not happy. I love the students, but I don't love anything else. And so that year off with the with the breast cancer, I, I knew that I wanted to do something else. And I knew I loved writing and I love editing and I love helping people make their words sing and shine. But I didn't know how to actually start my own business. And I was really scared because 26 years in the one career that's stable and my kids were still teenagers at that stage. So stable career, I was petrified of failing and um, I just I thought I can't I can't leave teaching because it's it's permanent, and I can't I can't go off and you know what if I fail and blah blah blah. So having cancer made me go you know what if you fail you fail, you know there's more to life than that. I had um, I ended up working with a business coach who knows how to push my buttons like you would not believe, and he said to me um, when I said to him look. I need to keep teaching until my business is successful, my editing and author coaching business is successful. And he said to me, you'll never succeed if you if you don't put 100% into your business and that, that you'll never, blah, blah, blah. He sat back with this smile on his face. He knew he'd actually hit a sore point. Exactly. And I... I you know, I said to him, don't you dare tell me I can't do something. And that sort of stuck with me. So with the breast cancer, with my my attitude, my new attitude of, you know what, just do it. And with him in the corner going, you won't, you won't be able to do this. I, I was determined to prove him wrong. So it was, I think, 2019 or 2020 that I finally pushed the send button that was sending my letter of resignation through to the Department of Education. And I had a, oh, no, moment straight after that. But my business took off. So now I'm quite successful as an editor and as an author coach. So going back to that original question, I'm not teaching anymore under somebody else's umbrella. I'm working with people to help them learn and help them improve their words and to coach them and to teach them one-on-one -on -one with with clients and doing something that I love. So technically you're still teaching. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, but it's and, my terms. <laughs> right. And so with that <clears throat> in mind, can you tell me some maybe misconceptions people have about the your your industry and the role that you play right now yeah i think that there's there is a lot of misconceptions around and they're not they're not deliberate ones because before i started working in the publishing industry and the writing industry there was so much i didn't know and one of the biggest misconceptions is that authors make a lot of money from their books <laughs> which <laughs> Anybody out there who's listening and who has published a book, either with a publisher or under their own steam, would be like, no, we definitely we don't, we don't. You've got to work so hard to, you know, to start earning money back. Um, and along with that 
misconception or the misunderstanding is that um, people don't understand how much it costs to get your book edited professionally. And I often have people say to me, oh, you know, how much would you charge to to edit or work with me on 60,000 words? And I give them my price and people go, oh, that's so expensive. And yeah, it is. But if I if you go somewhere else and they charge you $100, you get what you pay for. So you'll get $100 worth of editing versus some some proper, um, some real in-depth editing. So I think the biggest misconception is just how much money it costs to um, write a book and to publish a book and that sort of thing. But if you're committed... Um, we all have ways we can find we can find money and I certainly have ways that I don't want to see anybody who's really determined and has a great story to tell. I don't want to see those people go out there and go, oh, well, I'll just publish my book and if it's full of mistakes, that's too bad because nobody wants to see that as well. So I I'm I always think there are all, there's always a solution to a problem. You just need to be creative in finding that solution. And I guess my follow-up question, therefore, is for people who don't know what to look for in a good editor for a book. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to, in this is in my opinion, you need to find somebody, an editor who is willing to have a conversation with you. So for me, it's it's not about, oh, okay, you've written some words, you send me your words. I make corrections all in, you know, red pen or red, um, you know, the track changes and send them back to you and that's it. You have to follow what I say. It's a very collaborative process. So there are some editors out there who don't like the collaboration mm-hmm. and there are other editors who say, no, no, These are your words. These are your decisions. These are my suggestions. Mm -hmm. If you have a question, please ask. So if you want the editing process to be collaborative, that would be the first thing that you would look for in an editor. Um, The second second thing you would want to look for is just an editor who understands what you're trying to achieve I think is really, really important. And I always, like I I insist if anybody sends me or, you know, sends me a query, I insist that we, we will, I want to have this half hour conversation with you for free. It's about you getting to know me and me getting to know you and just to see if we're on the same page with the book so sometimes I will be talking to somebody and I'll be you know this this person I really don't think I can help this person or we're not on the same page or they've got a manuscript that is in a genre that I don't fully understand Mm -hmm. Um, so and I will say to them look I don't think I can help you however I'll put you in touch with so-and-so. Um, I think you have to be very cautious of any editor who says, oh, yes, I do everything because we don't, we yeah. can't, you can't. So, yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you for that. No, that's really, really um, helpful. And so can you tell me something that you do regularly that has improved your business? Oh, yes. Um, okay. So I think something that I do regularly is um, I meet with my business coach on a regular basis. Now, I didn't start working with a business coach until oh, I'd been, I'd started the business about three years um, because I could, I actually couldn't afford a business coach. So, because they're, they're not cheap, but they are worth every cent you pay them. So I do commit and I set aside money to work with him now. And he's a, he's a sounding board um, in the business. Prior to that though, and this is hard for an introvert, but I forced myself to go and attend network meetings um, where there are other business owners um, who you don't necessarily go there to sell, but you go there because they it's, it's for social purposes, but they also understand what it's like to own a bit, you know, to run a business. And you can talk to people, you can get ideas, you can get referrals and that sort of thing. So my very first network meeting that I attended, I had to talk myself into going mm -hmm. because I didn't know anybody. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all these people, they know so much more than me. I'm going to look like an idiot and that sort of thing. I, I really had to convince myself to go. Um and even now, if I go to a network meeting, I'm like, oh, you know, what if, you know, what if I say something silly or whatever? And it's, I think it's just putting yourself out there. So I suppose in answer to your question, on a daily basis or a week, weekly basis, I try to find something where I can put myself out there. So whether it's doing, it's meeting with my business coach, it's going to a network meeting, um, it's connecting with somebody who I know might be able to help me in some way or um, doing a Facebook Live or something like that. That's still scary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but some way where I can challenge myself and put myself in front of other people because you grow that way. And as an introvert, that is the hardest thing in the world to do is to force yourself to do that but ultimately it's also very valuable okay and then can you tell me something that you regularly say no to oh something i regularly say no to um yeah so in the past pre-cancer i would say no to nothing at all mm -hmm. when I, I was very much a yes person because i was a, a people pleaser when i first started my business I said yes to every job because I was scared that I wouldn't earn any money. Now, though, anything that gets those little sort of senses tingling where I'm just like, oh, that doesn't feel right, that makes me uncomfortable, that doesn't align with what I believe, it won't make me happy, I have no qualms in saying no to that at all so if it doesn't sit well with me like a non-business related thing I don't like 
dressing up, as in fancy dress. Mm-hmm. I've never liked it. I spent 40-odd years going along to fancy dress parties and book week in the schools here where they all dress up in costumes, doing that because that was the expectation and having an awful day because I really I just feel uncomfortable. Now I'm just like, no, you know, I'm, I, I will come but I'm not dressing up because it doesn't make me comfortable and I can guarantee you will have not have a good time if I am uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's 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 part of the ability to say no is part of believing in yourself and saying, you know, if I say no, then some people won't like it and that's okay. I need to like myself first. All right, yeah. So thank you. Thank you very much. So one uh, surprise question that's not on the list. There is no wrong answer. In your opinion, is a hot dog a sandwich or a Sammy? A hot dog? Yeah. (laughs) A hot dog is, no, no, because a hot dog is on a roll or on a Mm -hmm. bread roll. Mm -hmm. And for me, a sandwich is between two slices of bread. All right. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. But that being said, in yes. Australia, right? Yeah. We do have these iconic things called sausage sandwiches and you get them they're used for fundraising um for community centers and clubs and stuff. And it's a barbecued sausage. Sometimes it's a like a hot dog like a frankfurt, mm-hmm. but it's a generally it's a very very cheap and nasty sausage barbecued on a untoasted slice of nine times out of ten white bread I'm Mm -hmm. not selling this am I white (laughs) bread barbecued onion which is seriously the best bit of the whole thing and plonked on top sauce tomato sauce or barbecue sauce on top Mm -hmm. it's a fundraiser so I think if you buy those you throw away the white bread you throw away the sausage you eat the onion (laughs) you're a winner (laughs) yes but we call that a sausage sandwich no. All right. Yep. Thank you for that. <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> that is a curly question. <laughs> and so um, lastly, can you let the uh, my listeners know where they can find out a little bit more about you and the work that you do? Okay. So I have um, my business is called Just Write Words. It's J-U-S-T-R-I-G-H-T, words, W-O-R-D-S. Um, and I'm on Instagram and um, I have a Facebook page and my website is www.justrightwords.com.au. Um, very responsive, very happy for people to comment, connect, email, say hi, whatever. What about your book? Oh, my book. Oh, yes. And my book, which I don't need to hold up because this is a podcast, not a video. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Janice. So I've just um, self-published a a book about my cancer journey. It's called What Cancer Said and What I Said Back. Um, That book is, it's not, um, it's, I describe it as a, a, a memoir, but not like, you know, memoirs. So I'm quite uh, upfront in the book about the journey and what I thought at the time. It talks about why I left teaching, 
Um, and there are many, many voices, including the voice of cancer, who I argue with constantly throughout the book. Um, that book is available, I believe, on Amazon. Um, and But if people um, email or message me, um, I can sign the book and send it to you, post it to you. I have bookmarks, quotes, all sorts of things. So I'm very happy to connect with people in that way. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, thank you so very much for letting everyone know about that. So this is Janice at thecareerintrovert.com, helping you build your brand and get hired. Have a great rest of your week.